Want a bank that was ranked among the top in the nation for business banking? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. For most of human civilization, we've lived with pain. Some of it is healthy in as much as it teaches us a lesson and keeps us away from danger in the future, but a lot of pain is debilitating. That's the reason some of the more popular medications we use are pain medications, from the ubiquitous Tylenol and Advil, which you can buy at any convenience store, to the more sophisticated prescription-only pills, uh, which have come to be known as opioids. The real reason we know the word opioid is that we hear it on the news, increasingly from politicians. They talk about the opioid epidemic that is reportedly sweeping some parts of the country. Here in New Orleans, most of us rate crime and murder as the number one problem. So it may surprise you to know that in 2016, for the first time in the history of the city, there were more accidental drug-related deaths in New Orleans than murders. In other words, the opioid epidemic is here in New Orleans too. My guests on Out to Lunch today are on the front line of treating it. Dan Foreman is founder, president, and CEO of Dependency Pain Treatment Center. The Dependency Pain Treatment Center is a company that provides outpatient treatment to treat opioid use disorder and other symptoms of dependency pain at medical clinics around the greater New Orleans area. Dan, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. Elsa Peterson is the CEO of Bridge House Grace House. Bridge House is for men and Grace House is for women. They are both long-term residential treatment centers for people who have become dependent on drugs or alcohol. Elsa, welcome out to lunch. Thank you so much. Elsa, most of us are familiar with Bridge House and Grace House. We know that we can donate clothes that you resell at your thrift store, and we can donate cars that you resell on your used car lot. But both of these revenue streams are businesses. You're a trained addiction counselor, so you come to this from the clinical side, not the business side. But having said that, since you took over in 2011, Bridge House Grace House has raised more than $25 million. So you obviously know something about running a business. As CEO, as well as running the residential facilities, are you hands-on with the day-to-day management uh, of the used car lot and the, and the retail shops? Well, yes, I'm actually very directly connected with that. We, um, we manage everything on a daily basis from our retail outlets to our treatment facilities. And so um, we're very busy and um, engaged at that level all the time. And, you know, one thing I don't think people would think of is you must start the year setting a budget. We do. And uh, Mm -hmm. probably have to tweak it along uh, in the year and what you can spend on and what you can't. That must be very difficult in your situation. If you were just a publicly traded company that was in the oil service business or whatever, you kind of lop things off. But when you lop things off, people are affected. Well, that's very true, and so that's why those uh, retail outlets and also our development department, through which we do a lot of uh, fundraisers as well, 
um, are so important. Um, we do have a track record with those businesses and are able to project somewhat, you know, what, what we'll be able to do in the next year. And um, it is always a uh, challenge to maintain services at their current level because things do not get cheaper. They get more expensive. But, um, and we've heard today that getting more more patients. More demand. Yeah, right. Yes, the demand is very, very high. And it's a, it's a challenging population as well. And so there are lots of intricacies involved with that. So um, I know that we're going to get to Dan. We're sort of uh, dealing with this uh, very much the same problem. But uh, for us, we are really there for the folks who have lost everything. And uh, that is including, you know, a means to pay for treatment. And so that is why, and we are long-term residential, which is a little bit of a dinosaur in the the treatment world. But we feel it's so important that over an extended period of time, people are able to sort of live day-to-day sober in a safe environment. And so, yes, generating the funds for that is challenging. You're obviously doing a good good job of it, though. (laughs) Dan, you come to the pain management business from the business side. You worked in marketing with Lamar, the big national billboard company that's headquartered in Baton Rouge, and you were VP of Corporate Affairs for John George's before starting work in addiction and pain management, which you've been doing for most of the last uh, two decades. Obviously, there's an urgent need for pain and addiction management. Having someone with your kind of business background is a huge benefit to standing this kind of enterprise up. So how do you go about structuring the business side of treatment? Does insurance cover this? Does Medicare cover it? Is a user pay model? Or is there some state and federal funding available? How does it all work? Uh, thanks for asking. So first of all, it's it's an honor to be sitting at the table with Elsa. Um, I've been a big fan for a long time. And the fact that... Uh, you sat have, on a board, right? I, I did for many this years. A... And, and um, I just love Bridge House. I mean, it's such an important piece of our community. I'm really not sure what we would do without it in our community. So we're very fortunate to have Elsa and, and Bridge House in our community. Um, that being said, the model for Bridge House has really been focused on those who have hit bottom, or the proverbial bottom, as we say, in addiction. Um, what, with our understanding of the brain chemistry of the illness of addiction, we can now identify the disease at an earlier level. Because and, some people are more prone to addiction than others? Right. So actually, we're, we're able to use genetics now to actually see addiction in the midbrain. But there's, a, there's a number of reasons why somebody may have addiction. But most of the people with addiction are born with the predisposition for addiction. Uh, but one of the common themes that we've seen throughout all of our patients is unresolved trauma. So what we're seeing is our patients haven't dealt with certain things in their lives um, that happened to them that were significant to them early in life. And now they're dealing with that. They're compensating by using substances. But that being said, the patients we treat are typically very professional people who have jobs, who have careers, who have families, who may not be able to dedicate 30, 60, or 90 days to a residential treatment program. So instead, they just keep getting worse and worse. So our entire goal of creating dependency pain treatment centers was to catch this illness earlier in the spectrum so that we can get people the help they need before they hit the bottom. And do um, they, um, is it insurance that pays for it? It or? is. So we've partnered with Blue Cross Blue Shield. an interesting time to be asking that question. It They're is. changing all the rules. No, but. no. I mean, and, and what we're doing really is undefined. So our level of care doesn't even exist in the spectrum of reimbursements. So we're treating this illness medically, um, but we are providing um, social work and counseling as well to our patients. Uh, but that being said, what we're trying to do is reduce the amount of time that a patient has to commit to getting better. And so we have to catch them earlier on the spectrum. So what we're using is technology to allow us to treat patients on a very uh, regular basis, but more infrequently, usually once a week to start, uh, for about an hour to two because hours a week. Because you said these people are operating in lives. I mean, they're working and That's they right. can't afford to 
just go away for a period of time. So specifically, our patients are looking for three things. One is the high, highly discreet treatment. They don't want to, people to know that they're getting help um, because typically uh, there's a stigma. I won't beat that out of you. Exactly. Don't worry. This is not the kind well, of show. Two is stigma. Stigma, you know, with the people obviously goes along with discretion. Uh, one is the cost. People are concerned about the cost of treatment. Um, now, ELSA has a phenomenal program that's funded through Medicaid, that's funded through donations and, and so many wonderful things that they do in the community. Uh, private treatment programs can cost 30 Forty, fifty thousand dollars a month for somebody to get help. So what we've done is try to reduce that expense by creating this outpatient program that still treats it intensively. And the third is the time commitment. People don't want to commit, you know, 30, 60, or ninety days to it. So the time, the cost, and the stigma are the three biggest barriers that we see for getting help. Does your marketing background, like what you do with Lamar, uh, help you day to day? Absolutely. So, so. I'm a firm believer that a person doesn't have to want to get better to get better. So in all of the programming that we do, we have uh, some phenomenal physicians. Dr. Arwin Podesta is our medical director. We have Jeffrey Dupuy, who's our uh, clinical director. We have the best, I and mean, we have the, the most phenomenal medical team that you could possibly imagine for addictionology here in New Orleans. That being said, um, every time they write something, I take it from there, and I say, let's figure out how to break through the denial barrier that patients have by using the marketing techniques that we've learned at, at companies like Lamar, uh, working for great people like John George's. I manage this political campaign. So I actually view addiction very similar to the way I view a political campaign. It's wow. not a very popular topic to talk about at the dinner table. <laughs> people don't want to talk about okay, it. Okay, in that sense, right. right so, I get you. So, so we go directly to the person suffering. Um, and we bring, we bring messaging to them that's going to break through whatever that denial is because we're saying you don't need to want to get better anymore. We're going to take you and get you better. And so that's what our whole program is designed around. And I've got to ask, this sounds like a ridiculous question, but in terms of where do your uh, people, your clients, the patient, where do they, where do they come from, particularly on your side, Elsa? Well, you'd be amazed at um, the folks who walk through the doors of Bridge House and, how do and Grace House. they walk through House. the door? Do they, how do they find out about you? Well, they literally, I mean, we're well known in the community, but we do a lot of outreach as well. You know, we work with churches and health fairs and that type of thing and rotary clubs. Just anywhere we have an opportunity to talk, we will do it. And we want to get that message out to the community that help is there and that we are there for them. Um, so uh, I think it's quite amazing uh, when you walk through the doors that you might see anybody who, you know, maybe somebody who had been a doctor who has just fallen into the depths of addiction and has lost his ability to practice and lost everything else to maybe the person who was sleeping under the bridge yesterday. Right. And so, um, you know, when Bridge House was founded, the target population was that individual who was sleeping under the bridge. Uh, but now it has expanded because the need is so great. And um, maybe we can catch somebody before they actually end up under the bridge and have welcome them to us. You're not competitors. We're not. No, not, at not at all. Different levels of the yeah. spectrum. So if you look at the whole spectrum of addiction, our company is really designed for early treatment uh, for people who are just acknowledging the fact. And that's that they, the key they have is the to illness. catch it. Exactly. Catch it. Now, Dan, um, you were you had these two amazing jobs, and a couple of decades ago, what made you go into this business? Did you? see the demand and think you could you could do it well obviously we knew the crisis was coming we could start seeing as early as 2007 we were seeing that there was a 25 billion dollar a year impact to employers in the united states because of the opioid crisis and so now we are what is it eight years nine years later and it's getting even worse and so we knew that there was an opportunity to be of service to the community while still providing for the families that we employ and so what we were really a mission-driven for-profit company 
And if, uh, why are we not discussing this as a crisis in New Orleans? Is it because we have so many other problems? or It, it really is front-page news in a lot of cities. Well, what do you think that is? Well, I think it's starting to become front-page news here, but it, you're right. It took longer. I mean, Cape Cod was 2007. I mean, the crisis. Now, there's a lot of wealth on Cape Cod, and I think people were, it was just front and center because so many people with resources were really concerned. We have such limited resources financially in our community, so I think it's just taken longer to get here, but it's here. And I can tell you, it's not the people that you would necessarily think have the problem. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's statistically, one in 10 have the disease of addiction, and someone in this room would have addiction. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Dan Foreman from the Dependency Pain Treatment Center and Elsa Peterson from Bridge House, Grace House. Elsa, you, you, we mentioned the thrift shop and we mentioned the, the used cars. What are some of the other fundraising ideas you, you work with? Well, we do a number of fundraisers. We do something called Women of Substance, where we recognize... It's um, an interesting play on words. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, we recognize individuals in the community who uh, serve as role models for our female clients. And so it is a very female-oriented, very beautiful luncheon that we have at the Audubon Tea Room. We have about six other events that we do, everything from very formal, such as the Women of Substance, to a very raucous uh, one called Mr. Lakes, which is in July, where it's kind of a beauty contest for men with crazy dancing with their legs. This is and probably so, not done in other cities, um, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is quite the event. And so we sort of run the spectrum to, you know, uh, fancy events to not so fancy, but all, I think all of our events are interesting and fun. So, um, you, you know, sometimes look at ideas from other nonprofits around the country. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. that would be very cool to steal those ideas. We steal That's, anything. Absolutely. They, <laughs> yeah, uh... If it works, we'll do it. But um, so, you know, with those three initiatives, sort of the thrift store, the used car, and the development department with the events, et cetera, and we also are soliciting individuals, corporations, foundations here in the community and elsewhere as well, um, we generate over 60% of our budget that way. But um, in July, as everybody knows, we had Medicaid expansion, and we have yet to see really the impact that this is going to have. But I'll tell you, aside from the potential for Bridge House, Grace House to receive funding for this, and we sure hope it, it maintains through all the uh, ACA uh, cartwheels that are happening right now, but uh, it also uh, affords our clients an opportunity to get other medical care, which before was just absolutely not available to them. And so it's opened a lot of doors uh, to sort of just give a, a comprehensive reinforcement to the recovery of the individual, which has been terrific for our clients. You know, you're running a retail store. Where did you learn to run a retail store? So, um, well, I actually have a, a retail background. I had a business here in New Orleans for many years. And... Um, in the Hyatt Regency. At one point, there was a shopping center on the second floor oh, there, and I yeah. had a business for about 15 years there. And I've worked in the restaurant business. I've done a little bit of everything, but I also, I, I think the most, uh, the biggest connection that I have to what I do is I'm a person in recovery, and I came to Bridge House. Before there was a Bridge House Grace House, I came to Bridge House for services. And so now that I've been there, I've been there for 25 years, and I have uh, basically done every job <laughs> on the planet at Bridge House. I've done the kitchen, I've run the thrift stores, I've done, <laughs> sold cars, you know, went in, and uh, I've been a counselor. And uh, anyway, so now I have the privilege of being the CEO. So um, I have quite a connection with That's Bridge pretty House. terrific. They, yeah. uh, and it's a good story people can relate to. When yeah, they're, they're, I hope they're, so. What, um, Dan, you're, is it a for-profit company? It is. So, uh, and so you operate 
in an environment where there's a lot of not-for-profits, but yours is very different. I mean, you're the treatment you're offering. It is. is. I mean, yeah. look, at the end of the day, we have a business. We saw an opportunity where we could be of service, and but we always say no mission, no margin, no margin, no mission. We have to make money to be able to fulfill the mission. I have never mission. seen that on a car, but that I like I may that. add that to okay. our Okay, that's what we're asking. <laughs> Trademark. Um, but no, we look, we, we have a team that's extremely passionate. The, 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 the vast majority of our team um, is in recovery. Um, it's an opportunity for us to provide jobs for people who may not be employable elsewhere. And quite frankly, the people that we hire really know how to break through the denial barriers with patients because right away, uh, patients can, can tell if somebody's in, addic in, in recovery or not. Um, I didn't think of this until you mentioned yeah. it a minute ago, but do companies refer someone, like I've got this employee with a problem, is that one of the ways? Absolutely. So if you look at the idea of, uh, of drug testing within companies and the idea that a lot of companies have a policy where you have to terminate an employee if they test positive. Um, what we're able to do is go in and meet with companies and show them the cost savings that they have by offering treatment for their, their employees rather than firing them. Because if you think about firing an employee, you have, to go, you have to go through the hiring process. You have to then train that employee and all the years of experience that that person might have. So we now get calls from a lot of companies who have very valuable employees but who are struggling with addiction. And so what we're able to do is keep them working while we get them help. And the thing, I guess, that would surprise me is that they're at all different levels of all that company. All different levels, uh, professional, religious, all levels. Wow. The, you know, I was thinking, Elsa, you, we talk about your retail experience and your restaurant experience, but you've also got, um, you're managing people that are very, a lot of times have a very different background than you would be managing in a traditional store, for instance. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something, there's nothing in our MBA program that would prepare you for that. So uh, <laughs> wait, how, do you, how do you handle that? You know, some people have stories behind them and well, we, uh, we actually try to hire as many of our graduates as we can. Right. And so we have a number of graduates working in the stores. Um, and, um, and so we, we sort of know where they're coming from. And we also know them, you know, we know them quite well. Um, but, you know, our, our problems are not unlike your problems with employees. You know, I think we're going to have the same issues that arise. And, um, you know, we have a little bit more. I think that was champagne. That was a party, I think, or something. <laughs> a, we have no champagne on this show. Um, we, we maybe walk the edge a little bit more uh, because our, our folks are in early recovery and we're employing them. But um, it turns out to be the best employee we could have. And Dan, yeah. is any of you, what you're doing proprietary, the technology? is it? it is. So we have a lot of intellectual property and technology. We've actually designed our own app uh, for our patients. So what wow. that does, it allows our patients to check in with us on a daily basis without having well, to be physical, physically yeah. present in the clinic, which saves them a lot of time. So we've actually created a dependency pain score, which takes multiple parts of their treatment and creates a daily score for the patients so that we can monitor progress. And why that's important is a lot of times a patient in the moment when they come in to see our doctor or they come and see our counselor, they may say, I don't feel well today, I'm not doing well, but we can show them their progression of their dependency pain score over time to show them that they actually are improving. It's hard for us sometimes in the moment to see how we're doing, but we can reflect and actually see the true progress. Wow. Now, Dan, if, uh, I know it's going to sound like an odd way to uh, phrase this question, but could you scale? That's the goal. I mean, our goal is, so when we first opened, our goal really was to partner with pain management practices to take care of the 25% of non-compliant pain management patients, those who are abusing medication, seeking medication, 
uh, using other substances. So our initial goal was to actually serve the pain management community. But we've really expanded in general because we've seen this demand, especially with the crisis that we're dealing with right now, uh, for medication quickly, getting people the help they need fast, getting them in the door the same day. So so I absolutely see the need. And and it's really not just opiates. So I, th- I would say only about 50% of our patients come to us with opioid use disorder. We're seeing a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of trauma. Is therapy part of... Uh, it is. You it's required. Some people have an issue so, they've never so worked through. So every time a patient comes to us, they see the doctor and they see their counselor. So it's a required piece of our program. Wow. You know, Elsa, I was going to ask you for some other odd fundraising ideas, but once you told me that you were showing Dan's legs for cash, I, I really, that was... <laughs> hey, by the way, question I, yeah, I, really, I, I really couldn't go it, any it better. It didn't go that great, but I looked great. I, that's it. And that self-pride is so important, Dan. That's going to be... There is a tendency among all of us to react to terrible news by thinking, it can't happen to me. But as we get older, we learn that, in fact, anything can happen to any of us. It's often not until tragedy and hardship touch us personally that we become aware of the value of places like Bridge House, Grace House, and the Dependency Pain Treatment Center. Elsa and Dan, all of us appreciate the work you're doing. Although it is rewarding in the sense that you're making a difference in people's lives, it takes a special kind of person to go to work every day and do what you do. And thank you both for everything you're doing. And, and thanks also for taking the time to join me today and Out to Lunch. Well, thank yeah, you for, for having, having us. us. Yes. Yeah, My guests in Out to Lunch today have been Elsa Peterson, the CEO of Bridge House Grace House, and Dan Foreman, the founder, president, and CEO of the Dependency Pain Treatment Center. You can find out more about Bridge House Grace House and the Dependency Pain Treatment Center by following the links on our websites. It's itsneworleans.com and wwno.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday, with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our show today is engineered by Thomas Walsh. Our researcher is Matthew Ellefson. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music is available wherever great jazz is sold, streamed, or stolen. And at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, and I think they should. I really do. They, uh, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp. Want a bank that was ranked among the top in the nation for business banking? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC.